0: What is interdisciplinary engineering education, how difficult is it to teach, and why is it considered an integral part of modern engineering studies? We discuss this with Professor Jan van der Veen, who chairs the Eindhoven School of Education in the Netherlands. He defines interdisciplinary as connecting across disciplines to solve difficult problems. He notes that the typical three-discipline approach within engineering schools is now outdated. He advocates that interdisciplinary engineering should start in secondary education and that interdisciplinary programs have the potential to create new forms of engineering identity.
1: Welcome to the European Engineering Educators Podcast by CEFI, the European Society for Engineering Education. We're a non profit international organization active since 1973 and the largest European network of engineering educators. Our mission is to develop and improve engineering education and strengthen its image in society. I'm Neil Cook. And I'm Natalie Wint. We'll learn from Jan how his 4TU Centre for Engineering Education in the Netherlands brought together engineering schools across the country and developed valuable experience in teaching interdisciplinary, which is being used by faculties all across Europe. So, to me, the term interdisciplinary is something I increasingly hear within engineering education, um, but often find it's sort of used in lots of different ways, in different contexts, to mean different things. So the majority of people I speak to make use of it when speaking about engineers working with other engineers from different engineering disciplines. Whereas I tend to be more interested in how we as engineers can work with social sciences. So I'm quite interested to hear what Jan's view on this is. What's your experience with interdisciplinary, Neil?
0: Well, at Birmingham, I was lucky to develop one of the largest interdisciplinary modules in an engineering school, bringing together civil, electrical and mechanical disciplines. So we've got 70 teams of students, 30 academics and teaching assistants to support it. And I faced some incredible challenges getting it to run smoothly, pushback from my peers, students who were really struggling with some of the concepts and working out how to get those disciplines to work together, despite drawing on all of the literature in the area, including what was going on in the Netherlands and what Jan's going to talk about today. And I still don't think I'm quite there with how we assess interdisciplinarity. Um, I don't think it's a solved problem.
1: So welcome, Jan. Thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Hi, Natalie. Great to be
1: here. Thank you. Um, So Jan van der Veen chairs the Eindhoven School of Education at TU Eindhoven, focusing on teacher training and projects in higher engineering education. He chaired the CEFI 2020 conference, and in 2019, he won the National Comincius Leadership Grant to improve interdisciplinary engineering education. He has co-authored reviews and case studies on interdisciplinary and has a background in experimental physics and a PhD in education. So Jan, I'm really interested in um, your sort of route from experimental physics to education and teacher training. Is that something you'd be able to talk a bit about?
2: Yeah, happy to do so. Uh, I was a physics teacher, actually, after my university training. And then I moved on to the university and... uh, was intrigued by the silos of the different disciplines and tried to find ways to connect them. And that I saw occasions where that happened very well in research, but uh, I saw also lots of opportunities to do so in education.
1: Yeah, that really helps sort of frame your interest in, in interdisciplinary.
2: Yeah, uh, that's uh, there from the start. And uh, I always find academics who also uh, are eager to cross the boundaries with other disciplines. Together we can work out nice examples of interdisciplinary education. And uh, that's appreciated by many students. And I think they really develop competencies that are both for their professional life, but also for the personal development, very valuable.
0: Hello Jan. Hi Neil. Uh, so the Eindhoven University of Technology which is abbreviated to TU slash E is a public technical university in the Netherlands has a population of 20,000 has been ranked 99th in the world. Jan could you tell us something about engineering education at TU E?
2: Yeah happy to do so Neil. I think that the uh, technical university is doing very well at the moment. We are placed in the region of Eindhoven with uh, Brainport Industries. So that includes Philips, uh, ASML, NXP, lots of other uh, high-tech companies. Yeah. And that is a nice context for the Technical University. Amazing. So
0: before we start on your work in this area, could you describe what is meant by interdisciplinarity and why you think it is important?
2: Interdisciplinary engineering education involves those types of education in which problems are tackled by students um, where just one discipline cannot solve the problem. So you need expertise from different disciplines. Yeah. And not in just connecting the pieces, but uh, really interconnecting across these topics.
0: So. How many disciplines typically would be a part of an interdisciplinary team?
2: What I've seen so far in case studies, often teacher teams opt for putting students together from three different disciplines. But we're now also opting for a second year in which students from any discipline can work together on problems. So that could be up to five or six different disciplines.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. And are these disciplines all engineering
2: disciplines? We have science and maths as well, but also psychology and technology and some managerial uh, programs. So we have a bit of social sciences, but we have also international projects with students from other universities, uh, both in the Netherlands, Utrecht and Wageningen, for example, but also internationally with EPFL uh, in Lausanne, DTU, Copenhagen, München.
1: And so why do you think there's a need for for this? I mean, I guess the need's always been there, but do you see that this is increasingly important for engineers?
2: I I think so, Natalie. And um, with the global development goals uh, of the United Nations, you see that many of these goals you cannot tackle through one discipline only. Most recently, in the COVID pandemic, we saw that many technicians started to to build machines that could be helpful in in hospitals. And of course, that's important. But the bigger problem is ju- not just the technology and not just the medical part of it. Uh, you also will have uh, psychology, communication, uh, politics, lots of uh, angles that that need to be viewed if you want to really understand the problem and help solve it.
1: Mm. And, and this is something that students recognize, is it? I mean, do you find that students are aware that that's something they need to develop and they appreciate that?
2: Some students do that from the start and others need some uh, experience with that. Uh, mostly they think, well, I, I chose uh, electrical engineering, so why are you bothering me with other disciplines? <laughs> later on, they understand, okay, the complexity of this problem was really beyond my own expertise. And I think those those teams are also an option to to get a work on also on the on the ethics aspects in a more natural way yeah. uh, compared to separate courses. I think.
0: So Jan, you said that one discipline cannot solve the problem, and we are kind of into the 2020s, maybe going beyond the three discipline approach. When I looked at Um, setting up these modules, I found there was lots of similar terms that were used to describe this interdisciplinary concept, you know, multidisciplinary, cross-disciplinary, transdisciplinarity. And in your own work, you suggest that sometimes these terms and concepts are used ambivalently or interchangeably. Which terms do you use now and, and how do you distinguish them?
2: Indeed, in our review study, we found that these terms were used uh, in many different ways. And I think often teachers who put together students from different disciplines, but the students stay on their own side, then uh, they might call it interdisciplinary, but actually it is multidisciplinary. Hmm. Um, The level of crossing boundaries, that's that's sort of also uh, an indicator for uh, where you are on the spectrum. So are you just, just working together and putting the pieces together? That that would be more multidisciplinary like if you really uh try to integrate the different disciplines and also try to understand each other's way of working. The transdisciplinary is of course even more ambitious. Yeah. Going into a, a fully fledged uh integrated approach. Yeah.
0: And you mentioned this concept of boundary crossing um could you give us some more ideas about what we mean by boundary crossing and perhaps an example from your own work
2: well with boundary crossings what we see in student teams that sometimes they just split up the work and then after a few weeks they piece it together so that's not boundary crossing and i think um if The teams have the best results if they really try to integrate their solutions in a nice way and have continuous communication with each other. Also try to understand how the other disciplines work, what methods they apply and what they can take from that.
1: With respect to this sort of concept of boundary crossing, I'm just wondering how sort of aware students are of where the boundaries are. I'm just wondering if these are clear boundaries.
2: Not always, I think. Uh, Many engineers uh, understand that that the use of of mathematics and physics is always there. And so that's, if you would call it interdisciplinary, you would be interdisciplinary all of the times. In particular, when you involve social science, that's when the engineers feel more like, okay, now now we're in uh, terra incognita domains. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. So So I guess this sort of... um... The variety of different sort of terms we might use and concepts sort of suggests that we might need to have some strategies for when we're planning this type of, of interdisciplinary learning. Um, in one of your publications, you sort of break it down to, to vision, teaching and support. I wonder if you could tell us a bit about this.
2: Yeah, that's what we found in, in the review study uh, that, that this way of breaking down would, could be helpful. And I, I think a lot of the initiatives, like the one that Neil mentioned, start from from teachers who see the need of this and then start their own course and, and find a place in the curriculum to do so. But then it it hardly ever spreads to the whole curriculum, and it is not part of the overall learning objectives of the programs that much. So you mm-hmm. need a um, good connection between. What are the learning objectives of your program or of your university? Do you indeed envision responsible engineers at the end of the program? So then there's a good need to integrate ethics into the interdisciplinary projects in, in different stages of the curriculum. Uh, you of, of course, you need the teachers on board uh, and that they are willing to, to implement this. Uh, you should work with teacher teams is my vision uh, on that because teachers at academy are mostly specialists in one area. Mm-hmm. And if you ask them to, to be an interdisciplinary teacher, that works better if you if you put together a nice team. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the support area. If you envision that you need a lot of interdisciplinary education with projects and outside problem owners like that, you also need the learning spaces, for example, and workplaces where they can produce artifacts and uh, models uh, on computers that could be helpful in their projects. So uh, putting the pieces together on the different levels is important if you really want to move on and not mm-hmm. just have, have some developments in single courses.
1: Yeah, sure. So it's a, a definitely a, a program of approach, really, and a sort of alignment between these three sort of aspects.
0: Okay, Jan, so we have the educational strategies for interdisciplinary learning um, breaking down across vision, teaching and support. Could you elaborate on this and give an example of where you've seen this in action?
2: Well, I've I've seen this in action at the University of Twente in the course Product Design with students from different disciplines. Yeah. And across these disciplines, there was agreement about the time slots, uh, how the students would be composing the different teams and also, how teachers from the different disciplines work together in in the assignments and the assessments, yeah. um, outside problem owners who really put a nice challenge on the table.
0: so what what was the what was the project you gave students and what what disciplines were involved?
2: Well, the disciplines involved were mechanical engineering and design students and uh, also business uh, administration oh, okay. students who took uh, Aim at the uh, more the the business side, so the business case, uh, added value proposition in the early parts of the project. Some life cycle analysis uh, to do. Mechanical engineering students were uh, busy uh, putting the devices together that were necessary to either produce something for a beer caterer who needed crates or uh, a trolley for babies, or whatever kind of subject uh, they were given. And the design students were uh, very busy with the outlook and, and what the users would like. And
1: So you mentioned um, about sort of external providers of, of problems there. Um, I'm just wondering if you could tell us a bit about that and, and sort of how it works, and whether you think that's the sort of best a- approach to doing this kind of work.
2: I think outside problem owners bring realistic problems, authentic problems. That's very motivating for students. And it mm-hmm. is also a first glance at what they will do, students will do in their professional life. Uh, so that's that brings the development of professional skills at the mm-hmm. table. Oh. Um, it's the best way. It's mm-hmm. also laborious because sometimes the problem that comes from outside is not the real problem. So you have to talk it through. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the, the making these connections and handling the connections with the businesses uh, in in a proper way is is part of the job if you want to do it on a large scale.
1: Yeah, and I guess to some degree you need to make sure that the problem that a, a business is bringing sort of aligns with the content that students have have sort of learnt up to that point. Is is that right?
2: Uh, that's that's right. Yeah, for the professional development skills. Uh, the, It doesn't matter that much. You still have the communication, the teamwork, and and, uh, communication skills that will be developed. But a matching uh, with the types of problems that come in and uh, students that you want to match with that, that's a really logistical challenge. Different numbers of students in the different disciplines.
0: So, Jan, in my own
2: practice, um, I...
0: Touched upon before, I faced many challenges introducing these kinds of um, teachings, and you know some of the feedback I got was that it was seen as diluting the discipline-based skills that we could be focusing on. There's unclear definitions of interdisciplinary, which we've also um, touched on today, and you know it's kind of seen as a bit too social sciences for a engineering degree. What challenges have you faced? Um, Are they similar? Um, And how have you overcome them?
2: I I recognize these challenges, definitely. (laughs) And I I think it is also very important for academics to uh, take a good look of whether this is added value for their program. Yeah. And not just do it because everybody is doing it. So uh, that's a good debate to have ways to overcome that i see in universities two approaches one is to convince and and try to integrate it in traditional programs yeah and the other way is just start new programs on interdisciplinary topics biomedical engineering uh, creative technology uh, medical technology Uh, so some universities go in that direction because they think it's much easier to start from scratch with new programs yeah and then the traditional programs are a sort of uh, havens for the students who want to dive into deep.
0: One of the things I've seen emerging, emerging in, in many sort of universities is this idea of an equivalent to a liberal arts degree in, in STEM. So you have liberal science degrees where you do do a lot more boundary crossing. Do you think that there should be more of those kinds of new degrees where there are an interdisciplinary label.
2: I think they're really helpful in, in fast-forwarding this kind of direction uh, in ed- engineering yeah. education. And they they are, for the more traditional programs, they are sort of living lab, and, and we can look and see what works and, and, and adapt that as well in the more traditional programs, I think. So there's place for both. Uh, but indeed, I, I think that there are many students also at secondary school level who already say that, OK, the, the big problems from, from our planet, the sustainable development goal projects, for example, they need a more integrated approach. And, and where do we find it in our school program? What university programs are trying to
1: cover that? I think that's um, it's a really good point about sort of students in, in school and their expectations. It sounds from what you're saying that that students in schools are ready for this and like want this integration. I guess from my experience, what I've seen is that it's it's almost a risk engaging in these types of interdisciplinary courses because maybe there's no clear path or or sort of um career pathway, so I'm just wondering if you've got any thoughts on that,
2: yeah. I, I agree with the more open kind of projects or ill-defined as they are something co- sometimes called or wicked uh, mm-hmm. problems. Um, one of the challenges for both staff and students is that it's not, gonna, it's not obvious what the path will be uh, if you go through the project. You might have wonderful outcomes, but also sometimes teams end up in a dead end street and you have to find a way to overcome that. Uh, whereas with the more traditional courses you know which chapters in the book will be covered uh, mm-hmm. uh, students will have to test from recent years so that they can already try and see if they are at the right level to to pass the test but it's it's more exciting but it's also the the range of what's going to happen is quite wide, and yeah. uh, both teachers and students some see that as a risk and uh, I'm almost always excited if something like that starts. And, and And the excitement is partly also caused by what's going to happen. Sure. And in the end, we all overcome this and sort of celebrate the the, the great achievements. Mm-hmm. yeah, but it has a different flavor and different emotions as well. I
1: think. yeah. I think to some degree, it involves like more of a development of trust with between educators and and students, maybe.
2: definitely, uh, it involves trust and and giving away a bit of the control that we Mm. normally have. Mm. Yeah.
0: Another challenge I've had with interdisciplinarity in engineering is to assess the students on these interdisciplinary skills, be it boundary crossing skills. It seems to me that there's two approaches, you can directly assess interdisciplinarity or you can just measure some of the outputs of the project in di- and, and indirectly assess interdisciplinary
2: well my, my take would be that, that it depends on on the learning objectives that that you have in a certain course okay i i would propose that uh, you would increase the complexity if you go from project one to project two to, to project three and in the end you would definitely expect the students to be able to cross boundaries and understand the methods that other disciplines use. And that could go as far as that the team would be interviewed by the teacher team at the end and that questions could be uh, posed and and directed to any of the uh, project team members. So that each student should be able to, to answer certain questions either by being responsible for a certain task in the project team or having been told about that by other project team members that's that's the main thing from the teacher perspective and i would also propose that there are all sorts of options to integrate peer assessments both formative and summative in in their ability yeah. and willingness to to cross boundaries
0: yeah so you can ask students directly about how they crossed boundaries so that kind of idea of i suppose a reflective kind of commentary which uh may come out in 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 an interview Um, you
2: can yeah definitely yeah i think so um in an interview you can do so uh, by by just raising that specific question how did you the quality of your contribution improved by contributions from the other disciplines? Where where, yeah. where did you integrate that?
0: So that's very much a direct approach, isn't it? It's very much, t- say, it, making interdisciplinary explicit in uh, in in students' minds and getting them to, to reflect on it.
2: I and don't then, think we do that enough yet. No. And I th- I th- for peer review, I think it also always very much helps if you give them a bit of a rubric Mm -hmm. so but it helps if you formulate this rubric because that always makes it explicit what you value in 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 a certain course
0: Mm. yeah i mean one of the observations i've made is that actually having interdisciplinary studies strengthens the disciplinary identity because you know, usually it's just implicit in what people are doing, but what you're doing is actually bringing that out into the open. I think that this idea of um, disciplinary identity can sometimes be accelerated by uh, teaching interdisciplinary. Um, Is that your experience?
2: Well, my experience is um, thinking about Xin Ming, who is one of my PhDs looking at uh, developing an identity in a liberal arts college. Oh, wow. Actually, the engineering and social sciences are connected there. Yeah. But then still he finds that some of the teachers, when they put together teams, they, they still refer to which of the students are more techies and which are more <laughs> social science <laughs> kind of students. Yeah. So it's very hard to find the words of what kind of identity are we really talking about. If yeah. if we're talking about the, the, the ones who are sort of in the middle um, making... Being able to make the connections and and maybe be good project leader in complex problem solving kind of situations. And it
0: seems to me, as we've said previously, if you if you if you introduce this concept at secondary schools where learners are actually looking at lots of subjects anyway before they specialise, um, it, it will make our our job easier once they've um, come into uh, to universities.
2: I I think so. And in secondary school, there are are a growing number of examples where uh, across across disciplines, uh, projects by students from secondary school are taking place. And uh, actually, do you have similar problems of the silos that, well, I'm a physics teacher, so if, if I'm part of a team that has to do something with a water project, well, there are small animals swimming around in the water or whatever. I don't know nothing about it. How can I teach that? So, uh, yeah. another reason to, at least for now, to have uh, teacher teams with the several relevant disciplines at the table.
0: So, that's clearly an, the next frontier of interdisciplinarity, then, to to perhaps reach into uh, secondary education. Is there anything else you think that um, we need to think about in terms of interdisciplinary? engineering education over the next few years?
2: I think in our review study we found that there are lots of engineers who see the interdisciplinarity in their research areas, and Mm. uh, quite a few of them are also translating that into uh, new kinds of education. But the technical universities often don't have a lot of opportunities to work well with social sciences so here we have to find a solution for so that's the next step in connecting with other higher education institutes that can bring that expertise and for our engineers to at least once have this experience of of working in a team um, with people who really have a completely other way of looking at the problem and i think that would be a wonderful experience for students
1: Yeah, and thank you so much for joining us um, today. Just to finish off, I'm wondering if you could give us one final piece of advice um, to share with our listeners who want to introduce or further develop interdisciplinary engineering education within their own context.
2: My advice would be to find enthusiastic colleagues from other disciplines and work out something together. In the meantime, also take an international outlook. There are lots of bright examples around, mm-hmm. well described in the European Journal for Engineering Education, but having a visit to a place where it really is taking place is also very inspiring. And then just do it.
1: Great. Thank you so much for, for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you.
2: Yeah, thanks, Jan. Happy to do so. And uh, Good luck with the other podcasts.
0: Interdisciplinarity is a challenge to teach. What was your key takeaway today from Jan's insights into that area?
1: Yeah, I guess, like, I, I, I agree with you, Neil. It, it is mm-hmm. complicated and that. But also, I think I took that, you know, we've got lots of expertise in this now, built like building lots of, like, a community around this. And there's also lots of good opportunities to sort of work together across across SEFI yeah. and across Europe to sort of develop this further so I think also it's an exciting time to try and learn more about this and de- develop our practice in this area yeah. what was your key takeaway I know you've um maybe had more experience than me at sort of teaching interdisciplinaries
0: my takeaway would be that the assessment of interdisciplinary it has to be multifaceted and What I'm going to take away from this is I'm going to rethink how to assess those interdisciplinary skills. Mm. Mm. Thanks again to our guest, Professor Jan van der Veen from TU Eindhoven. I'm Neil Cook.
1: And I'm Natalie Wint. And you've been listening to the European Engineering Educators podcast. Thank you for listening.